Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome to a new season of Cozy Womb Podcast. This is season five of Cozy Womb. My name is Shan, mom of the girls. This is a podcast where we talk about surviving parenting, uh, the realness about preggo-ness, and giving really good tips on being our best parent and evolving every day. So if that's what you're looking for, you're at the right place. That's all I got, ain't got no more. Do, 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 Hey, y'all. Welcome back to Cozy Moon Podcast. Happy Friday. This is episode 19, part two of Ashley and I discussing, you know, not shaming girls for their bodies. Um, in this episode, we talk about boys versus friends who happen to be boys. We talk about our parents, um, what we thought was marriage for our parents and what isn't. We talked about um, men and women having men and it's just taking up space not serving a purpose single mom uh, stigmas you know the whole thing with girls sitting on laps we talk about appropriate clothing and we talk about phony followers and fake algorithms enjoy have you ever heard of hey black mom It's a brand and website dedicated to making Black mothers feel informed, inspired, safe, entertained, heard, and empowered through a global space of sharing. Telling stories and sharing narratives that the ever-complex melanin mommy can relate to. Hey Black Mom offers a platform for their voices to be exclaimed and applauded. Hey Black Mom was created by Jessica Jackson, a recovering sports journalist with a passion for words and stories. 
when she had her first child in 2016, her energy shifted and created HeyBlackMom.com. There, content ranges from columns about the dark side of motherhood, coronavirus, human interest pieces, such as the story of a mom and kidney failure fighting for her life. And features about Black business, guest commentary, event coverage, and more. Visit the website to find out additional information about what Jessica is doing for us through storytelling. Be sure to subscribe to the email list. And while you're there, check out Hey Black Mom on social at Hey Black Mom. Jessica is passionate about the space she created and continues to develop and hope you will be too. Thanks for checking out Hey Black Mom. Now back to the show. 12, 13, 14, what she thinks boyfriends are like. What is that transition going to look like? Like how in depth are you going to go? What is going to change? So right now I tell her what she can and cannot do with males in general. So for me, I kind of just generalize it because whether you're seven or 17, for me, the spectrum does not really change much. This is what you can do with the male, and this is what you cannot do. Now, there may be a deeper conversation once she hits a certain age where she wants to start hanging out with the guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and depending on her age, I'll allow it. I'll allow it like a shot wants a girlfriend right now. And I told him, like, you know, well, you her anywhere, you can't really do anything with her hang out with her so I just don't see the point of you having a girlfriend if you know I don't feel comfortable going up to someone's mom or dad like hey wants to hang out with your daughter what age is is he is 10 going on 11 okay okay yeah so it's just I'm not comfortable asking someone's, you know, parent that. So yeah, that that's not, not even something we'll entertain. Now, if, if he ever wants to have like a co-ed hangout, like, hey, you know, some of the people from school, they all want to go to the bowling alley or they all want to go skating. I feel like I'm a cool ass mama. So cool. Yeah, you can go. I'm gonna be there too, though. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I don't have to be there in y'all business, but I also get along with teens a lot. I was actually um, in the midst of teaching a Sunday school class before Corona hit. Um, and I just, I just relate to teens a lot. You know, I feel like I went through not necessarily a lot as a teenager, but I went through my teenage years already. It is nothing that they, you know, haven't done or want to do that I probably haven't done already. And I feel like I make those conversations very easy. I feel like when my children become teenagers, it'll probably be more easier for me to talk to them because I can be a little bit more open. Um, But as far as journey, it's just once she hits a certain point. So let's just say in sixth grade, you know, she has that feeling where you know hey I want to start hanging out with boys you know outside of school again it's really going to be on my terms and my comfort level I don't want her to be scared or freak out because you know relationships are important I don't want to shield her from having a boyfriend and all that and then she sneaks and does it anyway and then I have to have a conversation after I catch her you know in the act of doing whatever, you know what I'm and saying? Then, and, so, then you, like, and you turn into the bad guy. <laughs> right, right. So that's why I just try to generalize it where Journey, she'll see a cute boy and mm-hmm. 
still say, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh my gosh, he's so cute. And sometimes it's like, oh, he's such a cutie pie. And then she has those other eyes where it's like, mm, he's cute. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's okay to express that someone is, you know, cute or handsome or whatever, but we draw the line where we are acting on things you know what I'm saying like she knows you know don't sit on anyone's lap and you know don't have on okay so um, so speaking of sitting on somebody's lap as a kid I remember feeling ashamed of myself because I was a girl and not knowing who was okay to sit on their lap because a a daughter sitting on a dad's lap versus a daughter sitting on an uncle's lap or sitting on a family's lap is completely different. And as a child, it's very scary and very, oh my God, I'm in trouble because some adult told me I could sit somewhere and I didn't know I, I was wrong. And the way that I was talked to as a child about that was never like from my mom. My mom always has like a gentle approach to talking to kids. That was always told to me by aunts, friends of the family. You don't sit on no man's lap. Don't be out here sitting on like, dang, like I didn't know I was doing something bad. But then when you see boys get to sit on their aunt's lap or they get to sit on, you know, whoever friend of the family lap, they don't get chastised like that. And For me, you know, I remember when Anya was younger and I was like interviewing people for, you know, watching the girls at the house. You know, I appreciated uh, Ari's dad for taking Anya to the side and be like, Anya, you don't sit on nobody's lap. You know, you can sit on my lap. You can sit on your mom's lap, but you don't sit on this person or this person's lap. You don't hug this or this person. And it's kind of like, all of that is confusing, but I know why he did it. I know why right. it, it needs to be done, but I feel like the approach to a child, especially a girl, you have to balance that out in a way where you don't make a girl feel ashamed of who she is. And a lot of how we right. as little girls makes us ashamed of being girls, makes us ashamed of having breasts, of having butts of having a vagina, of having thighs, or having long legs. You're not supposed to be wearing that skirt. That skirt is too short. Why? Because my knees are showing? Right, <laughs> right, right, right. It's a lot. It's a lot. And I, I just feel like the approach to to girls and and sometimes boys needs to be a bit more gentle so they don't feel ashamed of having the body parts that they have. Yeah. I'm, I feel fortunate to have, um, obviously, uh, you know, a baby daddy I can trust. Mm -hmm. Um, I also trust his brother and I trust my brother and I trust my dad. Um, that's about as far as my trust goes. And I make that very well known to both of my children. You know what I'm saying? And you know, like you said, it's a lot being a, it's a, it's a lot being a young lady, um, because, you know, some of our mothers were not protected and they were taken advantage of. So they just have a lot of fear and, you know what I'm saying? I don't want this to happen to my child, but like you said, there's definitely a gentle approach. And I always tell them that, you know, like, 
hey, this person is okay, this person is okay. While I may trust my brother and, you know, um, Josh's brother or whatever, it's always like, you know, that person can't wipe you. You should not be, you know, yes, undressed around. That, this. Is, uh, that is really just like, it's, it's irritating. So, because sometimes, you know, when I did work, I would have my nephews watch the girls. And it's kind of like, if Ari needed somebody to wipe her butt, am I supposed to tell my nephew, you not, you can't wipe her butt? Yeah. But at the same time, I do have that discussion with Anya and Ari, like, you need to tell me if somebody touches you here. You need to tell me if somebody touches you there. You need to tell me if somebody's making you touch them places. You need to tell me. And I tell them that because I don't want them to feel like they need to hide something from me. So for yeah, me, yeah. I, could, I, I, can't, I can't tell my, my daughters to be like, you can trust. I mean, I want to, but I can't because of my experience. I can't tell them you, you can trust family. I can't tell them you can trust my, my brother or my uncle because family quote-unquote or relatives is who you know sexually abused me because they were always right. closest they were always deemed as trustworthy or oh this is such and such they could say he was such and such so it is you it's like I can't put a label on who they can trust it's more so I need to make sure you're aware of your body and what is not okay and what somebody should never make you feel like you need to do. Um, right. So yeah, that's super important. Um, and then what today it, it goes for like, you can't trust teachers. You can't trust uh, security or police officers. Like everybody's abusing their power when it comes to children and, mm -hmm. and, and coaches and uh preachers and it's just like dang like what can i teach my child as like a person of go-to yeah <laughs> you you teach them to speak up that's that's really the best thing you can do we cannot protect them from every single thing that's it's just impossible you can you can prevent um you can try to prevent it as much as possible but i think like you said just having that open relationship where hey it's okay to come and talk to me i tell journey and a shot all the time if someone tries to make you do something that you don't want to do um yeah definitely try to scream for help get out of there do whatever you want to do if it's a situation that you just absolutely cannot get out of come and notify me the moment you see me i don't care if they tell you hey don't tell because i don't want to get you in trouble they may try to use certain, you know, things against you. Do not be afraid to come and tell me because you're not, you're going to be the least of my troubles. Yeah. That conversation is not going to happen with you. That conversation is going to happen with that person and they're going to suffer whatever, whatever the consequences are. So I make that very well known. Um, but yeah, I mean, you just... You just do the best you can, honestly. Um, parenting, it, it can be a very scary thing because you just you just do the best you can and you know, you really just pray that nothing happens. Like I said, I mean, I, I tell my children, you know, who I believe that I can trust. While I may trust these certain people, not everybody watches my children. Yes, not everybody some people just have kids in the house and some people actually watch your kids. Right. Like I'm okay with having certain people in my house around my children but when it comes to like an overnight situation 
that is so very rare. Like mm-hmm. it gotta be a real live, like this is an emergency and I need you to watch them. And even um, with that, like, I'm calling multiple times. I'm I'm calling right. and I want to talk to them. Where are they? Let me talk to them. Like right, right. And and like I said, luckily my kids have uncles where they just don't even play that. Like they get on journey like, hey, no, put your leg down. Hey, don't do this. Don't yeah. like I don't even have say anything half the time because it's just like you know no don't do that you know what I'm saying but like yesterday Anya was chilling in the couch it's just this is a girl's house it's just us she was chilling in the couch Ari was in the room and she was you know her her chest was on the couch her knees were on the couch but her butt was up in the air and I said don't (laughs) I said don't sit like that I said, you mm-hmm. sit with your butt on the chair or you lie down on the chair, but you don't sit like that because she had panties on. And the reason mm-hmm. I said don't sit like that is because if she had on a skirt, she can't sit like that. If she had, yeah. on, if she had on tights or today's skinny jeans, you can't sit like that and be around boys and girls and for them to not allow their minds to wander, let alone be around right. adults and allow their minds to wander because in society, they make that position when it's a you know girls or boys or any adult look sexual and because sexual, I need to get you out of the habit of feeling like it is okay for you to sit like that even at home with me right right and and it's so sad that they have you know just over sexualized our children in general because it like like you said eventually it just makes you feel so uncomfortable like well well damn what can I do I remember this girl I follow on and she asked like was it appropriate a video of a mom um basically like I guess you could say just pole dancing and her daughter was on the pole with her as well and a lot of people were just like no that's not and I'm like well on one hand it may not be appropriate to put it out there but that's her child and I'm teaching her to be a stripper so it's total line but I think it is in a in our American culture we deem that like oh that's a pole that's a woman she's not wearing a whole bunch of clothes she's a stripper okay in other countries that might be a cultural okay dance in other yeah, countries, women, women have their babies on their backs or on their heads when they walk around and they're not fully clothed and that's okay. Mm-hmm. My thing is like, girl, if you dance on the pole in your house with your child, cool. But you knew once you push, uh, publicize or, or record and you posted that somewhere, the outside world was going to have a field day because they love chastising. They love telling people what they are. They love telling people what they're doing. They love telling people they're wrong and they love controversy. That is something I don't care if a woman does with her child, cool, but the world don't need to see it. The world, right. The world does not need to see what you do in your home. That That's yeah. why it's your home and you are in the privacy of it. Yeah. And everything you do in there, you don't record yourself having sex and putting it on your, well, some people do. Well, some people but, do. 
<laughs> some people do, but it's like, you know, this is in the privacy of your own home. And I think some things should just be, you know, some things should just be kept to yourself and what you do in your house. And it's just, you know, it was just one of those things. I felt, you know, I, I just kind of felt bad for her in that moment. And I didn't read, you know, further into comments or try to, you know, find anything yeah, I else about to, I refuse to follow or like um, uh, pages like, um, what is that? Uh, what's the famous page that have That's all the gossip? Um, what is it? Is it the shade room? Shade room or anything of gossip or people's business yeah, that ain't my business. Right. I don't follow them. I'll no. come across stuff on the Explorer page, but I don't follow them either. Um, but yeah I, it's just like I don't want to judge her but it's just like let's just be wiser as women like I, I saw a video today and I think you may have posted it or someone else may have posted it but it was just two girls jogging in the park and this guy was just like you know cussing them out and just you know saying like really rude and sexual comments mm -hmm. and you know they were terrified and it's like you know I, I, I hate to go you know back to the whole you know the black woman is the most unprotected woman in the world and it's like it's it, it really like we you know have to protect ourselves and it sucks because you just want to be a woman. You just want to be a woman in society and not have to worry about like, you know, dang, who's going to have my back? Can I go running today? Yeah. Oh, um, wait. When it, when it comes to black women's body parts, we've always been demonized as something's wrong with us because it's so different. Our lips are too right. full. Our, 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 our waists are too small and our hips are too big. Our butt is too right. big. Right. So wrong with just, you. They our bodies just off of stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, they, they put us in a zoo a human zoo and had people pay for tickets to come look at us, throw things at us and poke at us. Mm -hmm. And then now we live yeah. in a society of waist trainers, big hips, big butts, big thighs, big boobs. What does that look like? Right. But then, you know, you see little girls, they, whether they're, let's say they're in gymnastics and gymnastics, they wearing basically uh, cheekies underwear right um a tight top which i understand so it doesn't interfere with their movement and they do all these amazing jumping and twisting and and turning but we see all of their body and if i want to sexualize what i see i'm going to sexualize what i see now when it comes to us in society living real life reality we get chastised for going outside and wearing shorts and, 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 and a sports bra or, or shorts and a t-shirt. If a man could go outside in shorts, and a lot of men do it, no shirt, sweating, wet, high shorts, I can see your thighs, your knees, um, and you have on shoes, and I can't go outside in a sports bra, shorts, and go running and exercise or, or, or leggings, but I'm okay to go on the beach with a bra and panties. What is going on? Right. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any yeah. sense. And, all, and, you know, our girls see that and, you know, 54% of women 18 to 40 are insecure about their bodies. So this is not something that stops at 15. This is not something that's right. about you in your 20s. 
or your 30s this or, or your 40s. Large. This is a whole lifestyle of women having insecurities and having to live in a life and balance everything within that and be okay and raise other kids to be okay about themselves when they're really not okay with them. Right. So it's just a lot. And, you know, when it comes to teaching your kids how to balance their emotions is a lot. When you're teaching your kids how to balance insecurities or what are insecurities, when you're teaching your kids how to love their hair, because I'm still struggling with Anya, she hates her hair. And everybody in the world thinks Anya's hair is pretty. And um, so girl, she hates it. Um, sometimes I'll bathe her and Ari together and she'll be like, oh, why can't my hair be long and pretty like Ari's? It's so easy. And I'm just like, oh, and it's like is longer than Ari's. <laughs> Girl, I gotta be trying to tell. I said, your hair is way longer than Ari's. I've just never yeah. put heat on Anya's hair. Um, I don't straighten Anya's hair and I don't take Anya to get her hair straightened. Like, Anya has only yeah. been to the hairdresser one time and that's to get her hair braided. And Anya's mm-hmm. hair is like hair you have to do every other day because the longer you let it sit, in a style that is sitting in, it gets so knotted so quick because it's curling. And so their hair is just different. So I'm constantly having to teach Anya. Yeah, I have to teach Anya about her hair. She cries if I let her wear her hair out. Um, And I used to be like that. I used to hate my hair being out. And the reason I hated my hair being out is because I hated attention. I still hate attention. it's hard for me to take a lot of people being nice to me. It's hard for me to take a lot of compliments. And that's just something I deal with still at 32. But when I was little, I hated having my hair out because it was really long and very thick and everybody wanted to touch it. And everybody wanted me to come near them. And everybody wanted to take pictures. And I don't like a lot of people around me. So... I never like my hair out. With Anya, she's not even a lot around people. She don't like her hair out. So yeah. that's something I deal with. Um, her, I, I have to talk to her about her skin being different and how some people are just not going to like you because of your skin and how you're not allowed to misbehave at school or not listen at school a lot because of your skin. Um, I have to tell her you know, about the body changes that she's possibly going to have. Mm-hmm. Um, Aria already asked me, why do I have hair down there? Oh, yeah. Well, at least they didn't, you know, go with you to get a wax and told everyone that you didn't have hair down there. Girl! <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> I, I, know, I know with two sensitive daughters, I'm going to have to deal with low self-esteem. Yeah. Um, so that, that caused me to like constantly have to give them a compliment, constantly have to like, you know, quote unquote, big them up, um, tell them what they're great at, tell them what I like about them, um, tell them, you know, that they're doing great at school, tell them that, you know, randomly, I, I thank you for, you know, cleaning this up and I didn't have to tell you, thank you for helping Aria with this. Thank you for um, opening the blinds for the plants without me having to tell you. Like little stuff like that, I have to make myself do because even though my even though my mom was like super like loving and caring, she never went out her way to tell me face to face. She would write it down. She'll put it in a card, or she'll talk to somebody else about me 
and say those things. And I used I used to be listening over hearing and all like, oh my God, my mom appreciates me. But she never told me to my face that she appreciates me. And I think a lot of parents yeah. do that. We have to tell our kids to their face that we appreciate them because how are they going to grow up and be able to do that to somebody else? Girl, we got to oh tell God. them and we got to apologize to them. Like my mom yes. told me that she loves the fact that I can apologize to my children when I am wrong. Yes, that's important. And I'm like, oh, I wish you would have done it to me when I was younger because there were times as a parent that you were just in the wrong and I wish you would have apologized for it. So I do to them sometimes what you did not do for and to me. Yeah, that's what we're supposed to do. We're not supposed to aim to be, oh my God, I'm going to make you feel bad about how you parented me. I'm going to be the better parent. We're supposed to be what we needed as kids that our parents didn't do. And the things that we, our parents did do for us, we're supposed to do that too. And the things that we didn't like, we're not supposed to expose our kids to. That's how it's right. supposed to work. But then you have like some parents that grow up, become parents, and feel envious that their kids have an opportunity that they did not have. And because their kids have an opportunity that they did not have, their kids become their enemies. And that is not supposed to be. Right. Um, <laughs> which brings me to women who are single and their sons grow up and they have girlfriends and they feel like that they're their son's girlfriend. Girl, when I tell you I have so many friends dealing with that issue where men's moms do not want to let go. I've only realistically had like one boyfriend that his mom was like that. I've only had one. And while it was probably one of the best relationships that I had because of the way he treated me mm-hmm. towards the end, like I wanted to fight his mom. Like it was... <laughs> it was just one of those things that was like I legit will beat your mama ass at this point because I don't care she's disrespectful her mouth is disgusting and the fact that she feels like she can disrespect me because you're her son or she's older I don't know what the problem is but that's not cute you're gonna end up alone if your mother has anything to do with it and god rest her soul she passed away Mm. but it's like you cannot treat people like that because you didn't have, or I would say you chose not to be with anybody else because that's just yeah. like us as mothers. I cannot treat a shot or I cannot use journey to fill the void because, you know, their dad didn't want to stick around or whatever. Like, that, like I cannot do that to them. My life has to go. And yeah, that's, you, you, that's you, can, you can raise your son to be young adult males but you cannot raise your son to be a man you cannot raise your son to be your man of your house that that's not it because if your son is your man of your house he's never going to leave right exactly and not only is he not going to leave but i don't know it's just it's to me it's I don't want to say it's borderline disgusting, but it's borderline disgusting. Like, that's a child. That's your child. No less. Yeah. But, you know, some women do it where they be like, oh, that's the man in my house, my son. That's my everything. Your kids are not supposed to be your everything. Your yeah, kids are a part of you. Right. I love them, but uh-uh. I, 
look, <laughs> mama got a life too and she's gonna live it. But yeah, I just, I don't know. I just always thought that that was, that's just, I, I don't know, that's just weird. And I have a cousin who she, you know, did not remarry after her, um, after her marriage or whatever. And she doesn't necessarily make her son her everything, but he's definitely kind of like the man of the house and his ass is not going to leave, you know, anytime soon, you know, and had quite a bit of failed relationships already. And he's only, I want to say maybe like 22 and Ashad has already told me he's going to have a wife and kids one day. He said he's going to have a wife and three daughters. So you know, I maybe not be able to raise him as a, you know, as like a, to become a man, but he already has an idea of, even though you may not have shown me that I know what I want. Yeah. And because I know that's what he wants, you know what I'm saying? Like, I want that for him as well. I want you to have a wife. I want you to have children just like journey. And I feel like, I, I feel like parents, well, our parents, our generation did not raise us to you know, be okay with wanting to be wives. And like, I've never had a conversation with my mom about getting married. Um, like, I haven't had it. I didn't know the truth about my mom and my dad's marriage until I was 28. And wow. how my mom living in the house with them until I was eight was very like, oh, that's my dad, you know, he comes in at seven o'clock at night. He expects his dinner on the table. He sits at his desk. He might clean his gun. He might count his money. He might have a beer. He watches his TV and my mom cleans. She cooks. She takes care of us. She takes care of the house. If you need to go to doctor's appointments, she takes the bus, the trolley, the train, or she walks. He doesn't drive her anywhere. Um, he had two cars. He has his own business. He wakes up at seven in the morning. He shines his shoes. I help him put his shoes on. My mom irons his clothes. She washes his clothes. And that is what a marriage is. And I was wrong. So when I was 28, my mom told me that my dad was very selfish. And even though she was married to him and they lived in the house together, she never had to pay bills. But she had to buy the groceries because anytime they would go to the grocery store together, he would walk out the grocery store and she had to pay for herself. She had to take us to the doctor's appointment. She went on field trips with us for school. Um, she came and got us from school. She um, had to make her own money on the side because he didn't give her money. Uh, wow. She's basically his housemaid. And they, right, made, right. they made a deal that if, if he married her, that she, um, he would bring her other kids up from Jamaica. Um, and she would take care of his house. But she can't make no guarantees on if she's gonna love him or not. So the whole time I'm growing up, I'm thinking, oh, this man was just mean. He just like really was very distant because something was wrong with him. But you basically gave this man a business proposition on to deal with <laughs> on having a marriage. And then once he married you, he felt like you were indebted to him to do these right. things. And he knew that you really didn't love him. That's why you were in the marriage. You wanted him to do something for you. And once he brought your kids here, you are basically stuck in a marriage and you basically ran out of it. He went to Jamaica for, I think, a funeral or to go visit family. 
And she took that time to pack up her things in the, his house and leave and go to Baltimore. We stayed in a woman's shelter for some months um, until she got on Section 8. She had a stroke. We ended up in foster care. Then when she got out of the hospital, she got her apartment. We lived with her. Then from there, we moved to Florida. Then from Florida, I took it upon myself to be like, hey, Florida ain't for me. I'm moving to Atlanta. And I finished high school in Atlanta, finished college in Atlanta. And then I started living my life. But that illusion of what a marriage is as a child, if you don't really explain it to your child and they grow up and they have this idea that marriage sucks because I saw my mom and my dad married, and that sucks. Like, I don't want that. That wasn't a marriage. Right. That was a business. <laughs> that was a business. Like, so uh, it's just, it's just like, you know, Anya asked me, she said, why are you alone? Like, why do you live here alone? And I know what she meant by that. I know she meant, like, why isn't there not? a father figure here or one of our dads or like your man like where is he at and I told her I said you know what sometimes two people are better living separately than living together and arguing and fighting and not liking each other and it doesn't make everybody feel good it doesn't make them feel comfortable and so I would rather be by myself and be happy until I find somebody that can be happy with me Right. And that's the discussion that needs to be had. You shouldn't, when a child comes to you like that, you shouldn't be like, oh, you need to be quiet. You need to mind your business. You need to, you know, go do something. You need to legit give them the honest answer that, hey, I can have somebody, but I'm choosing not to have somebody because your happiness is more important than you having a physical body in the house. A lot, I think a lot, of, a lot of women are in a relationship with a physical male, but that man is absent spiritually, physically, um, most times, emotionally, financially, and because it looks like a happy family, because it looks like a package, because it looks like, oh, you got it all together, they stay in it. I'm not doing that. Right. Route. Um, what you said was right. You know, like Journey has asked me, like I said, they're they're team dad, and you know, we don't we don't live there right now, so I feel like you know, long distance just does not work. Mm -hmm. I don't, you know, I have no expectations for when I move back. Me moving back is just because I don't want to be here in North Carolina anymore, mm -hmm. and I do feel like you know, hey, they need to be close enough to you because I do a lot by myself and I can't complain about what you don't do if I'm not even there to give you the opportunity to do it. It is very hard to parent and co-parent long distance. It just really is. Um, I don't have capacity for it because I get annoyed. My patience is short. So, you know, she's asked me before, you know, like, why, you know, why aren't you and daddy married? And, you know, I have had to tell her, you know, like that, that's not up to me. I can I cannot propose to him. That's something that he has to do, and that's something that he has to want to do. Yeah. That's 
on me. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, I, I'm, I'm with you. I'm never like, you know, mind your business. You know, it doesn't concern you. But I do tell them, like, that's not something that I want you to worry about. That is mm-hmm. a grown-up issue. That's not a child's issue. And I don't want you to take that burden of trying to figure out why because none of this is your fault nor can you patch this thing up that's something that's totally separate you have your relationship with him and I have my own relationship you know with him just as his co-parent um but yeah I totally agree and it's funny that you mentioned you know you didn't find out until 28 girl I'm just finding out like <laughs> as of I was yesterday years old <laughs> you know that I when I found out my mom married my stepdad and after the first year she knew that it wasn't going to work but because she wanted us to be stable because she had been a single mom for quite some time you know she dealt with it and he was a good man I'm talking you know we never wanted for anything he treated her nicely like like I I was shocked when I heard it because I'm like well what did you see that wasn't gonna work out because he's a good guy like I don't I don't understand and you know there were things that my sister was telling me and I'm like okay but it's just crazy the length that us as women will go to to be stable and I have even been you know just pondering on this like okay what can I do to make sure that me and my children are stable because for a very long time we have not been and it's like what can I do differently this time to make sure that we are stable without having to not necessarily have a man in the picture but not have a man in the picture because I'm not the type of woman that's just like oh be by yourself be an independent chick you know that's not me listen honey I want somebody in the house I want them to my helpmate I want them to love on me and I can love on them you know what I'm saying I don't want to be you know the I don't want to be the king (laughs) that's that's why I get so frustrated when um more so men like to throw this around and be like oh women they ain't got no goals all they want to be is um you know single moms they got goals to be single moms nobody wants to be a single mom listen we live in a time where women realize that we have a choice to stand up on our own to take care of our child and actually make some type of a living before it was like society made women feel less than for having a child and not having a man to take care of you and that child you might as well die you might as well die because you have nothing and now we live in a time where women can make a way and raise a child and the the way that that's looked at is very very lopsided and I don't like that I like like that um stereotype that's that's being portrayed like women just want to be single mothers we don't but I would rather I would rather be a single mom than have a male in here disrespecting me in front of my daughters, um, beating me in front of my daughters, talking down to me in front of my daughters, and my daughter seeing that as, it's okay, tomorrow might be good, and as long as you have a man, you're doing it the right way. I don't want that, because let them them be dating, being in a a relationship or a marriage with a man that's beating on them. Ma'am, I don't care how grown you think you are, 
you're you're leaving like i am that mom right yeah i feel like a lot of though have glorified being single moms like girls I went to high school with that have had children since you know we were in high school you know I, I see women all the time and I, I have stopped Christmas shopping I think for almost three four years now but mm -hmm. they'll you know rant and rave about you know oh my gosh I've worked all these hours to make sure my kids have this and that yeah. and it's just like they glor they they pride themselves on that and while I haven't gotten to the place where like I pride myself on being a single mom, because here I have two sides. On one hand, I'm a single mom, but on the other hand, I feel like I'm really just a single woman that is a mom. You know, I, I'm, I'm single, but I'm not necessarily, I'm doing it by myself physically, but I'm not necessarily by myself. Like I can call him and let him know yeah, what's going I feel, on. I feel like a single mom is where you are the only one that can financially, emotionally, physically, and mentally uh, feed and strengthen the, the mind and the mouth and the well-being of your child. Now, right. I have, the girls have, you know, their own dads, and I can't tell you that their dads can finan financially, emotionally, mentally and physically do what I do for my kids so am I a single mom more so than I have a a father that helps with my children yeah because I'm doing I'm the person I'm on the insurance cards I'm I'm the one that has the birth certificates I'm the one that they come to if they're sick and they have to leave school I'm her it's not them so I can say that but I think the whole glorifying being a single mom versus being a mom that lives separate from a dad and you're not together is the fact that most women that glorify and want to yell it from the top of a, a, a building are women that just want people to be like, we see you, we appreciate you, your children should, should be grateful for you, thank you for doing your best. I think that's what right, they're screaming right. more so than look what I bought for my kids. Because this past Christmas, the only reason why I had so much to give my kids is because I have so many people around me that support me as a mother doing the most for her kids. Right. So right. all those gifts and, and clothes and, 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 and necessities that the girls needed wasn't all for me. It wasn't from Santa. They know that. We don't do Santa in my house. But right. it's, it's because people care about them. People love on them. People know how much I do for them, and they care about me. And when you become a mom, it ain't about you to the point where when people buy things for your kids, they're doing something for you. And I do appreciate that. I do right. like, love that and I do give my thank yous. And I think society looks at it wrong where they be like, oh, these women, they love the fact that they get food stamps. They love the fact that they get, you know, financial aid. They love the fact that they got this and they it's got this. Right. Right. I never had to sit up there and talk to a freaking caseworker just to get food. Like that shit is annoying. I remember working, where was I working then? I think I was working at Nordstrom and I was living in an apartment, maybe about a thousand dollars a month. And 
the lady, she's just like, so based on the paycheck that I had at that time or, you know, the pay amount, she was just like, so how, so how do you pay your rent if you're only making this much? And I really wanted to tell her, like, I sell ass. This, like, you don't worry about, like, you, this is not coming out of your check. This is, and I mean, I don't even, I had never actually been asked that question before. Like, how are you going to pay your rent next month? Like, what does that have to do with the food that I'm asking for? Or the because money they, that I'm they, they really want to know that you need them 110%. Like, how Georgia works as far as, like, helping uh, a single mom with, with health care, um, food, or any type of assistance, they want to know that you have negative zero dollars and if you are in the negative then okay we're going to give you this and this and this but once you make a dollar over this month bringing in each month you get nothing you a get dollar nothing. honey a penny a penny <laughs> over they will get for real yeah. i know someone who's making a penny over and they cut off her assistance and it was just crazy because it's like the stuff that they don't factor in sometimes like your car note like that's not factored in and it's like trust me don't nobody want to sit up here and ask for food stamps that is a myth yeah. that is a lie it's a hassle it's a hassle and they make you feel less than and the crazy thing is the women who work there baby it takes a ged to to have that job <laughs> In Georgia, in Georgia, they get paid less than 30K a year. That's nothing. So for you to be sitting behind, for you to be sitting behind a desk feeling a type of way to downgrade somebody else, where you will have women and men and veterans walking through those doors with a bachelor's degree, with a master's degree, and still need that Mm -hmm. help because jobs out here want to tell you after your four years of college, after your, um, you know, graduate degree and, and whatever you got, there are not jobs out here that want to pay you, but we're going to pay you $10 an hour. $10 an hour can right. pay for the lifestyle that I live after having school loans, after having a house, after having utilities, after having kids. It's not, and y'all know it's not. So that's why I'm in here with a degree. Yep, 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 yep. It's a lot. Um, But um, what is one thing before we both go that you can say that you're doing to stop the shaming from getting to journey and stop the shaming of, you know, her not liking herself or her not liking her body getting to her head or one thing that you want to start doing well one thing i do first is check her judgmentalness because journey can be very judgmental and i told her um me and my sister tell her often you know when you judge someone oftentimes it comes from you not liking something about yourself and that's something that we need to look into. So you're judging her, but it's something about you that you don't like either because they're, that person, you don't know them or they didn't do anything to you. So how can you talk about someone that you may know very little or may not know at all when you know you have flaws as well? 
she doesn't typically have a lot of issues as far as how, you know, she looks or anything. She's very confident, um, but her confidence can come off as just being very cocky sometimes. And those things that she doesn't like about herself, you know, we just try to, you know, love on her and, you know, tell her she's beautiful because I don't feel like, my my sister probably didn't get it as much as I did, but I think because I, I was I was a child that didn't need it. Um, my mom just wanted to, you know, tell me how cute I was and how, oh, you just know how to do your hair, whereas my sister, you know, was heavier than me. And my mom just didn't give her that same love and attention. And I'm so glad that I have boy and girl because Ashad, he does not care if he gets a compliment or not. Mm -hmm. um, but he gets compliments anyway. But Journey, like I said, she's she's pretty confident, borderline cocky sometimes mm -hmm. for the most part. Um, and when she has those moments where it's like, I don't like my hair or I'm not good at this, you know, it's just really just kind of sitting down and having that talk and leveling with her, like things are going to change. You're not always going to look this way. You're not always going to be shaped this way. You're going to get better at this. Just really encouraging her because it's important. Like you said, our, our girls, they're going to go through, you know, having low, low self-esteem. Shot is going to, you know, go, he's, he's had low self-esteem actually more this year than anything because he had to deal with some bullying at school. Mm -hmm. So, she's gonna, she's gonna go through that. Um, you know, and I, and I just do the best that I can just to encourage her and make her feel better. Um, she has her own mind. I know she's not going to tell me every single thing that she thinks about herself or others. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's just, you know, I just try to be in tune with them as much as I can be without getting like overwhelmed and wrapped up, you know, too much in their emotions. Do you ever find or hear um, a shy giving journey a compliment or vice versa? Uh, yeah, like I said, journey team affection so she'll hug and kiss on Ashad a lot um Ashad he'll come and he'll hug, hug her but he has this thing now where he calls her like a burnt chicken nugget and she gets so upset and I'm just like journey are you made of chicken are you made of a yeah. nugget so how nugget when you're not even made of chicken nor are you a nugget you know and I just have to tell her like I know it's a brother sister teasing thing but I'm like you know Ashad let's not forget when you were getting teased in school so mm -hmm. if you didn't feel good then how do you think that makes her feel when you tease her cut yeah. it out my one thing so, I'm gonna start doing with the girls because they're very very competitive it's like if I hug Ari oh. if I hug Ari Ari's gonna run to Ari and be like mommy hug me if, if, yeah. I, if I kiss on Anya, uh, Arya come to me, you don't want to kiss me too. So it's very like, dang, I got to do both of y'all. But I want it to be like sincere. So um, yeah, even down to like when I feed them, if Anya finished eating faster, she comes to the pie, can I have some more? I'll give her enough that way I could give Ari more too. If Ari sees her with more and Ari still got food on her plate, she'll start crying how come on you get more you don't you're not even done i have some right, more right. but you're not even done so it's just balancing that out and so what i want to start doing is getting both of them to a point where they can give each other compliments like you know right, tell, right. tell me one thing you like about anya tell me one thing you like about ari so they could feel comfortable in that i also put like sticky notes on the bathroom um mirror 
that says, you know, like, I look beautiful today, or I'm going to have a good day. Just getting into the habit of like, this is where you start your day. This is like something in your head that you need to think about before you do anything else. Because if they go to sleep thinking about everything they that happened yesterday, and let's say if it was negative, and they wake up and nothing's telling them to try it a new way, try it different, then I'm not setting them up. I'm I'm not helping yeah. them, you know what I'm saying? So I'm just trying to get them in the habit of just loving themselves. I'll, I might tell them to repeat something that I put on their wall, like, you know, I love my hair. I love my brown skin. I love my eyelashes. Like Anya, she's been like catching me, just staring at her. And she's like, why are you staring at me? And instead of me be like, I could look at you, I made you. I'll just say, I just love your lashes. <laughs> or, I just, or I just like your little nose. It's cute, and then it's just, and it's just like it helps with them learning how to give compliments, them learning how to take compliments, them learning how to give other brown skin people compliments. Because right now at my age, I could give a woman on the street a compliment, and she goes most times be like, "Oh, this just this." Or she go downplay herself when I'm giving you a compliment. So it's kind of like, okay, we have some learning to do. <laughs> so um, that's what I'm doing to try to help her. Take compliments well. Yeah, this is crazy. This is crazy. But thank you for uh, sharing all your info and all of your you know experiences you know being being a mom is one thing but raising them to be good people is a whole other thing and um but thank you guys i just feel like people will either take heed to it if they hear other people and what they're doing um to combat what's happening on tv what's happening in music you know, what's happening right, right. at home because all of our homes are completely different now. Some people have like two moms, some people have two dads, some people have four adults in their house. But what happens when your kid walks out your door and goes into public is very important because it's always leaving an impression on somebody else. Um, right, right. So I just want to make sure that other parents out there know how they can help you know, girls from feeling ashamed of who they are and, you know, being more secure with themselves and more secure with their bodies and how everything is intertwined with everything. So you can't talk about one thing and not talk about the other. Um, you just got to be open. Yeah, you definitely do. I agree. And it's funny because my we were at my mom's house over the weekend and my mom is kind of a judgy mom. And like I said, Journey has her own TikTok and there's the, you know, the savage dance. So she did the savage dance for her and the part at the end where you kind of like body roll. Yeah. She's just like, mm, I gotta go and da 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 da. And it's just like, listen, honey, we live in a new day and age and my child knows who to do that around and who not to do that around. Yeah. She knows. Like, have you seen, have you seen cheerleading competition? Hello? Oh, it gets real. 
the bucking competitions where they really, you know what I'm saying, popping and locking, and that's something Journey actually wants to do. Like she loves that show, Bring It. So, oh yeah, like, but you know what? Bring it. Me watching it, I as a mom, I'm just like, do you see these outfits? Well, see, I was on band and I had outfits like that. So that doesn't bother, that doesn't bother me. I'm not going to lie. Cause I, I had outfits like that. I didn't have outfits like that at that age, mm-hmm. but Journey is also doing gymnastics. So she's wearing body suits and, you know, little cheeky shorts already. But you in. know, you know why it, it, it puts me at pause. It puts me at pause because I was brought up to not show your body. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't put me on pause because as soon as I sing, I think sex. I was yeah put on pause because oh my god, they show it. Oh my god, like I did not, I did not show my legs when I when I had the choice to not show my legs from age from age eleven to sixteen. I never wore shorts. I never wore skirts that showed my knees or anything because I just felt like I just felt like my legs were ugly. Oh girl, I used to love me some shorts. I had white skirts when I was in the sixth grade and I was not supposed to wear it to school because it did not meet the fingertip test. But honey, I wore it anyway. And I just were, were you a were you a backpack outfit girl? <laughs> I wasn't. I would wear it and I would just pull it down enough to get, you know, past the finger, you know, the fingertip yeah. test. I, I got my way around it because I'm like, listen, you're not going to tell me what to wear. Not mom, but the schools, like, you, you can't, you're not going to tell me what to wear. That That's not for you. If you don't like what I'm wearing, uniforms. I don't want to hear nothing until y'all implement uniforms. <laughs> Period. Oh, oh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm cool with all that. I will say, I'm, you know me, I'm very lax as a mom. I'm very lenient when it comes to um certain things there are things that I know I'm gonna have to implement um you know as they get older but I just try to I just try to let them live not too crazy but I just you know because I think because my mom was so strict and so hard that it's just like I don't want to overwhelm them mm-hmm. I, I just you know, they, they got enough to deal with already people forget children are humans they have emotions and they get stressed they get overwhelmed just like we do mm. Agreed. Do you want to share where the people can find you on social media? Oh my gosh, my page is like a fake page, but it's not. <laughs> At Product of Style, P R O D U C T O F Style, S T Y L E. So you guys can find me there. I am going to start posting. At some point in time, I like stories. I don't like to post on my page. I don't know. I like things to be posted and for them to go away. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's um, like Shan asked me, like, are you revamping? I'm not revamping. <laughs> I need to know because I'm just like, ain't nothing. I'm here. <laughs> I've just gotten to this place where I don't like posting. I feel like people post so much that I'm just mm-hmm. like, I don't want to be in the post crew. I'll be in the story crew all day. I don't yeah. like being in the post crew. Even in the story crew, you're not gonna, I, my life is not that interesting. That's what I'll say. My life is not that interesting. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's not that much for me to post. Uh-huh. When it gets a little more interesting, then I'll post some more. <laughs> I, think, I think the story crew is moving towards IGTV with a purpose. 
of that of that that um, series because they're they're yeah. calling them series, and people who want to post pictures, they're either buying apps that'll you know style their page on how they post, or they're just picking a style of posting and they're posting like their pictures. Me personally, what I'm doing is I'm going through the people I follow and the people who are following me and I'm seeing who gives me engagement or who inspires me. And if you don't fall into someone that gives me engagement or you inspire me, I'm deleting you. Because to me, it's not about the numbers. The numbers on IG, the numbers on Facebook are lies. And right. I came to this conclusion because I did a promotion on one of my pages for product to go to a shop and the numbers on Facebook that is showing of views and replies and re reposts is in the 5,000, uh, uh, 20, 2,500 or whatever, right? When you go to my promotion and you see the stats, we're in 200 views on this. We're in 47 response. We're in um, this, this many clicks. So basically what Twitter, not Twitter, what Facebook and um, IG is doing, to the viewers, they're showing you that you're getting this widespread, everybody's looking at this number, right? Mm -hmm. To you, as a person who's paying for the promotion, they're showing you that you've only reached this many people. So me, right, right. as a person that's paying for the promotion, I'm be like, dang, I'm gonna put more money into this so I could get more people to see. To the viewer that's thinking about doing a promotion, you're showing them that you're hitting thousands of people so you could get them to buy in. And so when they asked me about feedback for the promotion, I was like, they were like, will you do this promotion again? I said, no because your algorithms are lies. Right, right. Like, I, yeah, I, yeah. I know that either way, you're trying to feed your pockets through me, and you're trying to feed your pockets through people that are viewing this, but these numbers are not real. These numbers are lies. People are buying followers, and when you go on their page, it's crap. It's nothing of substance. Like, I like looking right. at art. I like looking at architecture. I like people who are talking about topics. Like that topic you sent me about compatibility. When I tell you, I will be taking notes and, and, and talking about this on the episode. It's just like, y'all are out here faking the funk. I want, I want real engagement. I want people that, you know, feel like, okay, this topic is helping me. Um, thank you for doing this topic. It did something for me. It helped me be better. If it's not that, I don't even know why you on my page. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's the thing with me. Like, mm -hmm. hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Please follow us. Follow us as in me <laughs> at Cozy Womb Pod on Twitter. Please follow the Facebook page at Cozy Boom Podcast. I need some feedback about these episodes. Um, I've been doing episodes since 2018. I want to say March. And um, I feel like 
in 2018, it was a lot more feedback that I was getting from the episodes. And now I'm kind of really wondering, like, what do parents or soon-to-be parents or listeners um, need from, like, other parents? Or what do you want to know? Or um, what are you mostly uh, curious about um, that you would like to be talked about um, that's not talked about enough? And uh, if I can, if I have an experience with it, I would love to share it. I'm really curious on what it is, what is it that I haven't shared or I haven't done an episode. I feel like I've touched bases on most things. The only thing that I haven't touched base on um, purposely is um, women who have had miscarriages because I've never experienced that. Um, and I don't like to do episodes on things I haven't experienced because I don't know what that's like. But um, if you guys would want to share any feedback, please um, check out the Cozy Woman Podcast Facebook page and uh, the Twitter. DM me on IG at Cozy Woman Pod. Uh, I answer my DMs frequently. Um, if there's any podcasters out there or anyone that's interested in any type of um, branding of their you know, product, uh, I don't mind adding it into the show if that's something you're interested in. Just please email me at CozyWombMama at gmail.com. Hope you guys enjoy the show. Would love your feedback. If this is a show that you're interested in, please subscribe. And please leave a review on Apple Podcast app. Thank you. Bye. 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 Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.